Welcome to tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. I'm your host, broadcasting from beautiful yet uh, going to be very cold Branson, Missouri, along with my co-pilot and co-host, Beans the Brave. It's the 33rd day of the year. It's February 2nd. It's Groundhog Day. And uh, in the second half of the show, I'm going to go over uh, some of the philosophy of the Groundhog Day movie that I loved when I was, I still love. It's a great film. We'll go over some of the uh, metaphysical, philosophical, the meaning behind them. They don't make movies like that anymore. We'll go through some of that. I've got uh, some house cleaning to do here on the transmission. I was laughing because I looked at the Rockfin. Uh, America Unplugged channel feed. And one of the first comments right out of the box was this better be good. Yeah, I hope it is good. Um, Aftermath.fm, uh, it it saw its shadow, I guess. It it went away. Uh, all of us hosts got uh, a email on Saturday that said, uh, we're done. Uh, it's only going to be for Clyde Lewis. It's going to be ground zero already. I wish them all the best. They gave me the 3 p.m. Uh, daily slot. Uh, which I'm very grateful for. And I had some, I have a lot of emails coming in. People wanted to know what happened. Um, I, I, again, I don't know. I didn't have anything to do with the uh, financial part of Aftermath or any of their planning or marketing. I do know that uh, myself and Billy Ray Valentine and Don Jeffries and John Brissom and Mr. Gates and oh, so many others uh, are going to be starting our own station because we're forced to. Uh, <laughs> I could tell you stories about Losing platforms, uh, ladies and gents, since I started uh, this uh, this journey right back in uh, October of 2018 when I relaunched my radio career. So we'll, we'll, stay tuned, okay? I'm going to be announcing when I'm going to do daily shows. I'll probably do another show on Friday this week, and then I'll, I'll let you guys know. Because you know, I already have, I pay for slots on Worldwide Christian Radio and 9.30 a.m. The Answer in San Antonio. I'm not going away. But uh as far as the daily stuff's concerned, I'm going to meditate on it, pray. When I come to a decision, I'll, you guys will be the first to know. And I, I so much appreciate all the support. I'm looking at the, I want to pull up the Rockfin uh, chat. And uh, we already had a $5 tip. Let's see. That was, I believe that was MJ Nichols. Thank you so much. I really do appreciate that. Every dollar, if you guys put in anything towards this program, it goes right back into uh, production. It goes right back into the show. It goes right back into buying more bandwidth and airtime and all the stuff that it takes to uh to do these programs and i really appreciate it so like i said it's groundhog day uh we'll go through some headlines uh i'm not always eager to do headlines but i think one of the things about this program and i've learned after doing daily shows and then maybe twice weekly or three times weekly and is that it's it's kind of all over the place and it's a hodgepodge. I, I told you guys that it's uh, it's kind of a newsy show. It can be. And then it can be shows like we did with the great James Perloff, where the whole hour is him taking you from like the, the timeline of conspiracy since the birth of Christ until now. <laughs> Only James Perloff could do that. And, you know, I've thought often I'm like, I should probably keep, uh, you know, a lot more headlines on the show and because it's topical and we have people uh, downloading the podcast from all over the world, and I really appreciate that. I wish I could show you guys the map. Uh, maybe I'll do that sometime of, of where the downloads come from. And I'm like, how are these people finding my podcast? And I guess that's one of the upsides of being in the technological age is that uh, people that you will never meet uh, are listening to your show. That's a labor of love. And uh, we don't again, we don't do this. Uh, 
as I said on the last show on Aftermath that I did with Billy Ray Valentine, we don't do this for fame because we're not famous. We don't do it for money because we're not grifters. Um, you know, we don't shill for shekels. Uh, <laughs> some of the, some of the uh, other use of the, the top hosts can and look. Uh, alternative media is a mixed bag, just like the regular media. Uh, but I'm proud to be with a group of people that uh, really do uh, care about their craft and really do care about the information and we're um we're dedicated to it. So let's jump right in. Again, politics, precious metals, prepping and the paranormal. That's what you'll find right here on the Art of Burn Radio transmission. Uh the first headline I had pulled up and I'll I'll put this back on the screen. We'll go over this together. I had some thoughts on this. As you know, I've been saying that the uh, narrative is changing. As a matter of fact, Jim Rickards uh who, you know, used to work for the CIA and has an article out on Zero Hedge. He's a, a big gold guy. Uh, has written a lot of books. Smart, smart guy. Uh, he put out an article about how the narrative is collapsing. So everybody's on board the narrative. We all know the narrative of COVID-1984 is coming apart. The big question is, what does that mean? I have some thoughts because uh, once governments, uh, it's kind of like a, a monster, you know, on a monster movie when it gets a taste, it got a taste for blood or like the, the shark on Jaws. Once they get a piece of your liberty, they devour, they hold on to it. I mean, uh, it's, it is a, a hell uh, to get them to release. And uh, most governments never do. Like they take, they take their, uh, their privileges to their graves, really. I mean, that's why a lot of the governments that just could not give up power are on the ash heap of history. Uh, that's what you find when you read history is uh, governments never give back that liberty. That's why two, I always thought the two weeks to flatten the curve. I was like, oh, here we go. Now we're, we're close to 700 days in of two weeks to flatten the curve. But this is uh, Summit.News. Uh, I like Paul Joseph Watson. He's got a great site over there on Summit.News. Uh, coronavirus topic, 70% of Americans say it's time to accept COVID and get on with our lives. A new mammoth poll finds 70% of Americans think it's time to live with COVID and get on with our lives. Rather interestingly, people who have been infected with COVID are more likely to want society to move on from it than those who haven't. First of all, how have you not been infected with it's in, it's in everything. I mean, if you're what did you do? Did you did you seal yourself up in a room? I remember when this first uh, all this news started to first come out and people were just like, oh, I stayed home, I stayed safe and I still got it. How did I get it? I'm like, it's because it's everywhere. Like if you're accepting deliveries, I mean, it's again that's the way the cold works the flu works it's why you know we we have a flu shot and there's still the flu uh, that's that's uh it's part of i don't know there are our bio environment i mean it's, whatever you think about what covid19 is this novel flu virus or whatever it's it's around again i i haven't had a respiratory illness um i deal with the public i count the dirty cash you know <laughs> i own i own a gym I, I go to the gym. Uh, I'm I'm touching jewelry and like I mean I'm you know uh, coins. The thing people think they had that have in their pocket. And I'm like, how did I? How do I not have an upper respiratory or some some kind of? But I had other things. You know I I haven't been. I guess it's not zero sickness, but I've had a few days where I felt down. Um, but that's uh, again, how do you not have it? <laughs> how have you not been in contact with it? Where what what it is? Are you have one of those those suits like the Bubble Boy has? Yeah, fully seven in 10 Americans, 70% agree with the sentiment. It's time we accept that COVID is here to stay and we need to get on with our lives. 
including 78% of those who report have gotten COVID and 65% who say they have not been infected. Well, I don't know. You don't need to test yourself all the time, but if you're in the, I don't know, if you're in society, if you're in reality, you probably have antibodies. The main difference in cinnamon is predictably seen in political affiliation. So here we go with 89% of Republicans wanting to move on along with 71% of independents, but only 47% of Democrats. <laughs> they, they really love the lockdown. It's been a, it's been a great uh, shining a triumph for the left. Um, they got to take out small business, which is their favorite thing. They love the, the left loves huge business. The, le- the left loves multinational corporations and giant banking houses. You know how I know that? Uh, because that's who funds them. Right. We, we, we don't have to go very far through history to figure out that communism, socialism, it's funded by the world's richest people. It's called a conspiracy. But the left eats it right up. And of course, they got to take out Orange Man. And of course, Orange Man, by the way, don't think I'm taking a partisan uh, a stance on this at all, because uh, Orange Man locked it down. Orange Man signed the executive order on Friday, the 13th of 2020, March, and locked it all down. And of course, so it's 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 both parties. Right. But the left really liked it. Uh, It was a plant, a chance to uh, use uh, the lockdowns for politics. It was a chance to do wealth redistribution away from the middle class, away from the uh, the small businesses into the uh, billionaires. The the Bernie Sanders always used to call out the, the millionaires and the billionaire class until he became a millionaire. And then he says just billionaires. But actually, there's trillionaires, too. Um, Forbes doesn't talk about the trillionaires. <laughs> no one really does. Um, they're generational wealth. They they own the big uh, holding companies and uh, banking institutions that you've also never heard of. But yeah. And of course, you see the charts of all the money that went uh, money, currency, all the wealth that went from the uh, middle class of the United States to the billionaires. Right. Just it's just the same. Like they they gained this much wealth in the in the uh, middle class loss. It's the exact same number, by the way. And the central bank keeps on a printing. And, uh, of course, the average Americans really feeling the pinch of those uh, inflationary uh, dollars. So here, here's the problem I have with all of this, right? We know that the narrative's changing. Obviously, this article uh, points to polls. The, the people, uh, and I know the mainstream media will go kicking and screaming into some sort of, uh, <laughs> some sort of, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say the word reset, some <laughs> I have an I have an aversion. I have a fear of saying the word reset now because of the Great Reset. But uh, some kind of uh, new new narrative, right? They don't. They want to go. They want to hold on to this one with dear life. It is. It is given them so much. But I think what we're seeing is, I, I don't know. The, for the first time, I, I've been very skeptical, uh, very um, I, I'm cynical about. Uh, the public, and I don't want to be because I, you know, I want to have a good spiritual growth. I want to put out good vibes, positive, positive energy. But I don't understand why a disease that has a ninety-nine point eight seven percent survival rate, it also takes uh, only seventy percent of the people can understand that. Why is that? Why is a, a disease that has a ninety-nine point eight seven percent survival rate? Why do only seventy percent of the people seem to get it? I don't know. Uh, that's the that's the genius of mind control, right? That's the um, if you look at you know MK Ultra writ large, 
You know, the CIA did two major experiments in the 60s. Well, they did lots of experiments, but the two major ones were MK Ultra and Operation Mockingbird. Really, Operation Mockingbird was late 50s. So they did MK Ultra, which is mind control using LSD and all sorts of other weird that the Unabomber was part of that. So many others. Um, you know, just mind control for mind control's sake. You know, can you create the Manchurian candidate? And then they also had Operation Mockingbird. Uh, which was getting all the little networks and all the you know the uh, press and the agents inside the press to parrot to do a mockingbird to say what was from home office for what the tea and biscuit company wanted you to say, right? And that's been very successful. Operation Mockingbird is pretty much what you have now with mainstream media. If you're watching the mainstream media, there's uh, all sorts of checks and balances that they go through. Um, and, and of course the type of person that you have to be, it's a lot of the people that are reading the news. They don't even know that they're in on it. Like they just think that that's the news because they read the teleprompter and they have trusted sources and all that. So those two things together, right? Operation Mockingbird, uh, and MK ultra. That's what creates only 70% of people get this after almost 700 days of two weeks to flatten the curve. That's really disturbing. Uh, but at least we're finding something. You see the, the, the truckers in Canada, uh, by the way, I heard on David Knight's show uh, this morning, he was talking about how uh, the political parties in Canada, I think there was like three major ones, which we need more in this country. It's one of the reasons why we're not having a Canada right now, um, because we have the two parties, right? The, the Republicans and the uh, Democrats, but the Republicans especially are meant to absorb uh, all of your outrage and then make it into nothing, right? That's what That's what their job is, is to like, have you fight back? We got somebody in office there and then they don't do anything. But Canada, Canada has uh, this uh, strike going on and, and the convoys. And I think this is great. Right. I, I For the most part, I whenever I see this, I'm always skeptical because you want to see what who the players are. But apparently the amount of donations that the truckers have got, uh, despite all the establishment platforms like GoFundMe and all these places turning them off. By the way, side note, I saw that PayPal is having a terrible uh, market uh, analysis right now, a terrible market share, terrible performance because they deplatformed so many people. Good. That's a, <laughs> I don't I know YouTube's going to go through this. A lot of these other platforms are going to go through this and I say great. But these uh these truckers have raised more than all of the other political parties combined. Right? So, who represents Canada? The political parties? Uh, or these truckers who represents the people? Well, I would say that the grassroots actually represents the people just like it does in this country. It's why it's always advantageous for the world's wealthiest people. And, uh, like the Soros's of the world or the Koch brothers, anybody else, they always have to hijack a grassroots movement, right? It got happened to us back on December 16th in 2007, Ron Paul, which is by the way, December 16th is tea party day, right? It's the anniversary of the Boston Tea Party. Ron Paul launched his revolution, and uh, I was glad to be a part of that. I, I donated and uh, was uh, talking to you know people on the phone for him. I, did, uh, I love Ron Paul. and uh, But it got hijacked, and then it turned into what I got to see in the Tea Party when I ran for Congress uh, back in 2013, 2014. It completely changed. That's because these grassroots movement get hijacked. So we know that. But I'm looking at this, and this is good news. Uh, hasn't come to America yet. It very well might, uh, depending on uh, a lot of things, depending on supply chain issues, depending on inflation, 
There's a lot of factors there. But we're watching that play out, and I think uh, this is the end of the narrative. Uh, where does that go? These are the big questions that I want to cover here. Uh, I think that there's an opportunity uh, for us to um, not let this happen again, right? For us to push back because there's still businesses and corporations wanting you to get your vax. Uh, you're not allowed to go to work. I mean, this putting you through uh, hell, even though the Supreme Court ruled. And that's what I was talking about a couple of months ago. And I was saying, look, however the ruling goes, the the stain, right? The um, the behavioral changes that's already happened, especially in, in the corporations, has already that's the damage has pretty much been done. I mean, England is lifting uh, its lockdowns. Uh, I just saw today that they were ending their uh, mandatory jabs for healthcare. I mean, we're still doing it here in this country. So a lot of things changing around the world. Uh, I'm going to keep you updating uh, updated on uh, the issue with Ukraine. Um, I think that's probably one of the most important things that the mainstream media is not really talking about uh, and the, the stakes that are involved there uh, with a war. And uh, for those of you who know history, that's how things tend to go, which uh, that would be disastrous. But there's, you know, first there's currency wars and then there's trade wars and then there's actual wars. And of course, uh, speaking of wars, <laughs> here's some more, here's some more headlines for you. These are, Again, uh, I open the show up and I talk about uh, welcome to tomorrow. And you guys know I've been that's been my tagline since I started restarted the show, and it's because we're in the tomorrow land. Um, you know that was we were warned about uh, back in the, you know the our childhood and these dystopic movies of the future and uh, apocalyptic views. You know, and that was the that was the tomorrow, and now we're in the tomorrow land. I think I designed the show for these times. Uh, but I don't like it any more than you do. Here's naturalnews.com. Navy agrees to stop allowing SEALs, as in Navy SEALs, to train in Washington State Parks after complaints from residents about armed men. <laughs> I thought the lefties love war. They loved it when their uh, Barack Obama guy was bombing kids with killer robots. I thought that they loved war. Why don't, why don't they like the guys training? They're always about invading. They wanted to invade Syria really bad. Do you remember during a, a, a Obama's administration and Trump's, they, they really wanted in on that and natural news. And another sign that our country is moving further away from the greatest generation, a time when Americans steeled themselves for the fight of their lives and had the metal to see it through. The U S Navy has buckled to the complaints from locals and has agreed to stop letting seals Train in Washington State Parks because residents have complained about seeing armed men. <laughs> Never mind that these armed men are part of the elite fighting force that are training to protect the very people who are complaining. Well, yes, uh, and that's what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, you know, I hear you. Uh, you hear me talk about it all the time about uh, what our foreign policy actually is. And uh, I've served in three foreign wars, and I know exactly what. Uh, I've I, I haven't protected your freedom. I'm very sorry about that. I, I think I do more to, to uh, protect freedom on this program than I actually did uh, in the military. Uh, but I got to serve with the warrior class, so I'm always proud of that. But these seals, I mean, you think about you know, where we've gone as a country. I mean, you you have these people that uh, are f uh, firmly okay. I'm, I'm assuming they're uh, probably 
um, very uh, upper middle class, probably a certain, probably look a, like like me demographically, right? And uh, they're just really bothered by that. It's kind of like uh, when Ted Kennedy uh, fought to keep the windmills, the you know the electric generating windmills away from Martha's Vineyard. Uh, because not you know it's called NIMBY, not in my backyard. I mean, we want the seals training and blowing up and invading countries because democracy, right? Because that's what the the left worships worships democracy, right? But Ted Kennedy didn't want those windmills, you know, those green windmills in Martha's Vineyard because it it messed up the view. So it's not in my backyard. <laughs> this is mind you, the Navy has been issuing. And using coastline uh, parks in Washington State for more than three decades to train some of the world's most lethal special operators, all of whom have signed up for the express purpose of putting their lives on the line for our country, including complainers. Well, you know, there's been a lot of talk, too. I wanted to I didn't bring up last week, but I should have. You know, you had Robin Sage going on, and that's where, you know, when you're done with your special forces training at Fort Bragg. Uh, when you're done with the Q course, I think it's like the, after the third part of the Q course, then you have Robin Sage. They have it every year. They've had it since 1974. And a lot of people will say, look, uh, even the mainstream was like, look, uh, the military is training to take on civilians. And they they do do that, right? There's Mount City, which I've trained at. and uh, But, you know, it's 15 counties in North Carolina. They have Robin Sage. They had back in 2015, you had Jade Helm. Uh, but yeah, they do. I mean, I, I, I again, I'm I don't want a bunch of military presence everywhere. Uh, I think that we fight way too many battles. I think we need to be used for defensive purposes. We don't put people like, you know, what if we sent these seals to train in live time down at the Southern border? I mean, do you realize the, um, the criminality, the evil in sex trafficking and the trafficking of children, you know, that goes on at the Southern border one of the, I'll tell you secrets. One of the reasons why we don't have a secure border because they need those crop of kids, like the elites traffic in people. You know, they also traffic and they love those votes and they love those cheap drugs. Right? And we don't. That's why we don't have a border, right? If it, it has nothing. Look, and there's another thing too. I always explain about COVID. If, uh, if this was really Ebola times AIDS divided by the Black Plague like we're told it is, right? We have a secure border, but instead just people come on over. And, you know, the people that do cross the border illegally, once they're detained and before they're given their bus ride into the interior to show up for a trial, you know, or a hearing, uh, they're not made to get a vaccine. You know why? Because uh, in Mexico and places in South America, you have legal recourse to sue the manufacturers of vaccines. So the drug makers don't want that. They don't want a, a mandate for people who cross the border illegally from other countries. Only this country, you know, land of the free, home of the brave. We have the 1986 act that Fauci and Ronald Reagan pushed through. Of course, Ronald Reagan didn't want to sign it. That's from what I understand. Um, but he did anyway, right? Because uh, George H.W. Bush, with his thousand points of light, he really wanted uh, Reagan to sign that. And of course, now you cannot sue a drug company for a vaccine. Can't. You have no recourse. You can't sue the FDA. You can't sue the manufacturer. But a lot of these, uh, here's a hint, hint, though. You can sue the company that made that made you get it for losing your livelihood, right? You can uh, sue some of these companies, uh, which I hope people will do. Um, and, of course, uh, people need to address the elephant in the room. 
we should have recourse in everything, in every product. No one should be exempt from liability. And that's why we have so many injuries, because why? Why, why do you care? You can rush something to market. Who is going to do anything about it, right? But I do think this entire narrative here where, you know, I think it's funny when and I read this story to my wife, Melissa, I was about the people complaining about the Navy SEALs. And I thought, I don't know, it says a lot. Like we don't want it in our backyard. And again, I don't want, I don't think we need to have troops training everywhere. We fight way too many wars, um, but it is hypocritical. Like these people don't want the Navy SEALs in their state park, but they don't do anything about the Navy SEALs operating in a war in Syria. Why not? You don't do anything about going in and, uh, you know, uh, knocking off Gaddafi because he wanted his own currency. Hillary Clinton says, we came, we saw he died. Remember? <laughs> She's so happy about it. You know, and of course that started the new slave trade in the Middle East. You have uh, all that spillover of people into Syria. And then you have uh, the birth of ISIS, the birth of, uh, uh, that was a militant group out of ISIS, you know, then also Al Qaeda that we wanted to, this is where it gets complicated because we wanted to protect Al Qaeda in Syria. And uh, we probably still do, but none of these people that want these seals out of their state park care about that. It's all about aesthetics. It's all about how it looks, right? Not about how it actually is. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When I come back, uh, I'm going to go over some philosophy to the movie Groundhog Day. We'll do some precious metals prices too. Got a little bit of news on Bitcoin. I'm going to go over some of the headlines. It's a mixed bag going out there with cryptocurrency. Uh, and maybe I'll be answering the question I get a lot is, is this a crypto winter? Uh, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, maybe a, it's a, it's a, it's a crypto uh, downturn uh, for a little while and we'll see where it goes, but everything's up in the air. You just never, I mean, again, this is a war. It's a twilight struggle for your sovereignty and your freedom when it comes to your money and your wealth. And the bankster class does not want you to ever get ahead, right? That's why they hate you using cryptocurrencies. They hate you buying gold and silver. They don't want you in that. They want you in the casino. They want you in the stock market because they want you holding the bag when they do their controlled demolition. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. Stand by. We'll be right back. In a time of fake news, fake politicians, and fake fiat currency, it's getting harder to find the genuine article. That's why when it comes to precious metals, I call the team I can trust. This is David Knight for my friends at Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Proudly veteran-owned and operated, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange is your home for gold and silver coins, bullion, jewelry, and more. Prices and inventory are updated daily, so you get the most competitive possible pricing. And when it's time to sell your gold and silver items, they pay top dollar. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange also accepts and deals in Bitcoin. Call or text the owner, Tony Arterburn, today at 888-667-1836. That's 888-667-1836. Or just go to wisewolf.gold. From bullion to Bitcoin, Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Wise Wolf Gold and Silver Exchange. Civilizations die from suicide, not by murder. Arnold Toynbee. This is the Artiburn Radio Transmission.
Once again, the eyes of the nation have turned here to this tiny village in western Pennsylvania. Blah, 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 blah. There is no way that this winter is ever going to end. As long as this groundhog keeps seeing his shadow, I don't see any other way out. He's got to be stopped. And I have to stop him. <sighs> Real good, Phil. Real good. Welcome back. This is the Arterburn Radio Transmission. I am your host, Tony Arterburn, broadcasting in defiance of globalist goblins, the neocons, and the New World Order right here on the Rockfin America Unplugged channel. Uh, used to be on some other stations, and those are no longer ex- in existence. So um, you can find this podcast anywhere podcasts are found, by the way. Uh, the Arterburn Radio Transmission goes out on uh, every platform that's what i was talking about earlier in the show i look at at the uh, places that were downloaded and i'm just amazed and very thankful and uh, i was looking in the chat uh there's so many folks in the chat right now uh you know raybo uh always giving always giving me some grief no i love raybo he said uh, he, uh tony is a cooper fanboy extraordinaire <laughs> talking about william cooper well by the way i guess you're kind of right raybo you know i love behold a pale horse uh bill cooper uh, you know, I went out and I proudly uh, paid tribute to him on the 20th anniversary of his his death this year or last year. And uh, I, I got this shirt uh, from Eager, Arizona. And so you're kind of right. I was wearing my Eager, Arizona. This is the from the pharmacy right down the street from Bill Cooper's house. And uh, I'm ha- happy to put him at the front of the show. And you know, he does the intro talking about freedom. And of course, uh, that is the essence. That's why that's the root of all things, right? If we have freedom, then we can make our own way. If we have freedom. We can make better choices. We can self-actualize. We can uh, worship the God of our choice. We can create a business. We can have a family. You start taking away freedom. It doesn't matter how much wealth you have. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much wealth you have. If you don't have freedom, you are reduced to a mat. Uh, mat. You're reduced to a rat in a maze and looking for uh, the cheese. And that's pretty much it. And if, if you have accumulated a lot of cheese in that maze, then you are considered wealthy in that world. I don't care about that. I care about freedom. And of course the bigger issues, uh, life itself, uh, when it comes to I'm living your best life, I've always enjoyed philosophy. I'm going to jump into, first of all, let's give a shout out to Isaac Weishaupt who has a channel here on Rockfin. And I looked up uh, one of his old posts uh, about uh, Groundhog Day. I'll read this first before I go into some of the philosophical symbology of uh, the movie Groundhog Day. But let's look at what Isaac Weishaupt wrote back in 2013. Uh, February 1st and 2nd, Groundhog Day. The festival marks the beginning of spring and is placed at the halfway point between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. It was originally based on worshiping the goddess Brigid in Irish mythology and is still celebrated to this day by Wicca, Wiccas and pagans. 
It is considered a night of sacrifice, implying that a ritualistic human sacrifice should be performed as an offering to the gods and goddesses. They celebrate it February 1st and 2nd, which leads us to the first connection, Groundhog Day. The groundhog is symbolic of the earth, uh, the earth mother, because it lives in the earth. We can connect to this, uh, to the information of the gods and goddesses, and we know that uh, Semiramis, the goddess revered as the earth mother, has been hibernating like the groundhog. Both are earth creatures, with uh, Semiramis being the earth goddess. Uh, Both of these symbols hibernate over the winter seasons as the people await their arrival. The groundhog is also symbolic of the rebirth and spring, just like the goddess who will make her official appearance on March 21st. The largest celebration of Groundhog Day is in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. The Punxsutawney Groundhog Proclamation is a ritual performed by 13 men dressed in black, which sounds very much similar to the coven of 13 witches dressed in black. And, of course, this is found on IlluminatiWatcher.com which I'm a big fan of Isaac Weiss. I'm a smart guy, extremely smart, and uh, has a great podcast. But I, I bring that up to, first of all, because with me, you're going to get, I'm going to give all sides of the story. There's, philo- there's philosophy inside Groundhog Day, but there's also the, it's the 33rd day of the year. And, you know, I've talked about it before. I, uh, I joined the Masonic Lodge when I got out of the military. A lot of people in alternative media think, oh my goodness. Even I had James Perloff on last week. Guys, I have James Perloff on my show. Uh, he writes about the uh, Freemasonic conspiracies, and I believe that there are some because of the infiltration of the Illuminati. But just the Blue Lodge, you know, the George Washington Blue Lodge, ben- Benjamin Franklin, uh, you know, Andrew Jackson, Sam Houston. I'm part of the Blue Lodge. And I remember looking at the uh, the day that I was part of the fifth oldest lodge in Texas. It's called Constantine 13 in uh, Bonham, Texas, fifth oldest lodge in Texas. It was charted in the 1840s. and uh, it was charted on February 2nd. And of course, February 2nd is the, uh, this is the two year anniversary of wise wolf and Branson. Um, so anyway, it's the 33rd day of the year. And when I saw that, when I first saw the, the date of Constantine logic, of course it is. So there's symbology. There's, there's so much hidden meaning in everything. We look at the holidays, where do they come from? Where, what's their meaning? What's their origin? You know, there's more than just what the hall, hallmark card says, right. Or what we were taught in school. Uh, so there's symbology. There's meaning, but there's also philosophy. And uh, I pulled up an article that was written a couple of years ago. I'll put this up on the screen. This is one of those times where I actually enjoy going through some of the philosophy of a movie, which I rarely do on the show, but it's Groundhog Day. And this is the philosophy of Groundhog Day. Benjamin McAvoy. I don't know Benjamin, but he had a great article. Uh, I'll put it up on the uh, show notes. Uh, he says, uh, everybody knows the Godfather in the cinematic version of the uh, Sistine's Chapel ceiling. <laughs> he talks about Kubrick, talks about Wagner, uh, you know, and of course, uh, he says, but uh, Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, Andy McDowell. And this is a lighthearted uh, romantic comedy about a bitter weatherman <laughs> reliving the same day over and over again with a soundtrack of Sonny and Cher's I Got You, Babe. He says, uh, you kind of fast forward to go through talks about the first scene about uh, um, him running into Ned Ryerson. He says, you know, watch out for that step. Needle nose, Ned, Ned, the head says it's a doozy. And it certainly is a doozy, not just the first step, but the second. 
And many steps after, Phil plunges into a pothole filled with icy water. He eventually learns, finally sidesteps the puddle, but not without getting his leg wet a few times. And that's part of what Groundhog Day is all about. We're watching a man take his first steps. We watch him take his strides to becoming a fully integrated human, to seizing the day, as the Dead Poet Society, Mr. Keating, might implore. Because we're living the same day over and over again, there's a there's a variance here and there, but each day is a chance, a blank slate from which to work. The macros in the minutia. Every day we have the same conversation with loved ones. Every day we make dinner, go to work, exercise, or read. Or perhaps we don't. Perhaps we argue with our loved ones about everything. Perhaps we have the same argument we had for years, just dressed up a little different. Perhaps And we might waste money on takeout, call in six, skip the gym, and vegetate out in front of a bland, ad-heavy television. We have all the same day. We take it to an extreme and exploit it fully. One person's day looks into piano practice, poetry, composition, ipe sculpting, or charity work, whilst another person's day looks like stepping into front of a truck. (laughs) Well, that's kind of the thing about Groundhog Day is that you know, if you've watched the movie, which I did when I was a kid, and this guy said he watched it like 30 times, I, I used to just leave it on repeat. Uh, and you, you go through different periods in your life. I usually got it, though. You know, even when I watched it as a, as a young man, I got the overall message here, which was you have a choice to become better, right? You have a choice, even in the face of uh, what would seem to be a abyss. And he mentions that here in a second. And I'll get to that. But the, the uh, we all have to find meaning, you know, and that's the origins of the philosophy of uh, existentialism, uh, mainly pushed by uh, John uh, Sarta um, after um, uh, World War II. And uh, you look at uh, uh, the meaninglessness. Uh, if you take the modern age, uh, people, you know, you remove uh, the. We remove God, right? You move spirituality. People have to find their own meaning, especially if you're uh, one of those like me where you question a lot, right? So you have to find meaning because there's life is not what we're taught. Life is not what the mainstream um, schools us in, especially our educational systems. It says, um, we know Phil is trapped in the same day over and over, but so are we. But we have the power to turn our trap into a gift convert the curse the curse into a blessing, swap hell for heaven. And he talks about Sisyphus. I bring up Sisyphus sometimes. This is the old uh, a Greek allegory about Sisyphus, who was damned to push a boulder up a mountain for all eternity. He says, and so are we, unless we learn to push that boulder in the best way possible, help others along the way, and pause on the mountainside to view the beautiful landscape below. This is Groundhog Day. Though simple and lighthearted on the surface, is riven with philosophical insight. Phil is not only wrestling with Nietzsche's idea of the eternal recurrence, which, by the way, just to explain the idea of the eternal eternal recurrence, that was uh, Frederick Nietzsche's metaphysics. Like every philosopher has a metaphysics. Uh, Nietzsche was the son of a pastor, uh, son of a minister in uh, Germany, and his dad died when he was really young. 
so Nietzsche wasn't a Christian. Matter of fact, he was the guy that wrote God is dead, but never, no one ever really uh, follows up the second part of that quote and that we're, we killed him. Right. And he's talking about society. These Nietzsche is not built for somebody who takes his quotations out of context. You have to really study him, but he didn't have, uh, he had a lot of spirituality based into his philosophy and that's what people don't get about it. And there's the part of the eternal recurrence, which I was always fascinated with was this concept that you live life on this endless loop, right? Every decision you made, everything that you did was on this endless loop. So you had to live your best life possible, right? You were in, they called it the ring of the return. And I don't, I don't pretend to be able to completely explain it. I just know what it is. So I wanted to interject that when this guy is obviously a philosophy student. Uh, he's also playing out the Jungian, as in Carl Jung, the Jungian concept of the shadow. It's no coincidence that the groundhog's called Phil too. Remember that? It's Punxsutawney Phil. Every day the question is, will Phil see his shadow? Look out for your shadow there, buddy. A dinner patron jokes when learning Phil is the same name as the groundhog. He says, but just as uh, but just as Wittgenstein remarked, a serious philosophical work could be written entirely in jokes. Yes, there's a lot of philosophy in jokes, folks. He says, Phil does need to look out for his shadow because the moment he sees his shadow, recognizes his dark side, and works to overcome it is the moment winter will be over. Phil holds the keys to ending his misery. I make the weather. If you remember that scene, I make the weather, Phil says, as the blizzard coats his face. And he's correct. We all make our own weather. We are all creators of our own personal winter and our own personal summer. So very true. You know, uh, if you remember the movie and he says, uh, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. (laughs) That's kind of how it feels. You guys, uh, I do these programs. And uh, I love going live and I, I love uh, interacting with the audience and uh, and I love ha- you know, having relationships I do with other hosts, but it's, it takes a huge toll on you because this is like a, we are living in a, especially a groundhog day. You wake up, here's what else is, here's, here's the great reset. Here's, uh, you know, the small businesses that are closing. Here's the new lockdown restrictions. Here's a new experimental injection you have to get or to be a part of society. Uh, oh, by the way, here's a new war. I mean, these are things, and even if you're expecting them, even if you're, I don't know, if you're, even if you're trained to find it and look at it and understand what's coming, it's still, uh, it still is um, a drain. And you have to, I don't know, I, I think it's important to find meaning, right? And uh, if you remember the movie, he gets to the point where he just uh, goes zen. He starts working on himself. You know, that's the thing is everything's external right now. We're all trying to change the politics, change the external. Some of those are good things, but some of them, that's the trap that they want you to be in, right? Uh, at each other's throats. Like you see these uh, political hacks, whether they're from the left or from the right, you have people saying, well, Whoop, Whoopi Goldberg should be fired right now because she said something on The View. Who cares? Why do you want anyone fired? But then the same people will say, well, Whoopi needs a, a, a second chance. She's really a great person. But Joe Rogan needs to be censored on Spotify. I mean, people have lost their minds, right? We're, we're putting to these camps made to care about things that aren't real. What if we what if everybody cared about uh, working on themselves? You know, what if you just said, I'm going to do something nice for somebody today? Or what if you said, I'm not going to say anything negative the entire day? Like, what if you did that? Right? What if you decided that I don't need. Uh, 
I don't need this extra thing. I don't need to have all this consumerism. I don't need to be trapped in that. Maybe I'll start my own project or I'll have a, maybe I'll write a book or maybe I'll, um, you know, write a friend. Maybe I'll pick up the phone and call somebody I haven't talked to in a long time, say something in positive. Maybe I'll start a new business. I don't know. Uh, instead of falling into these traps, which are built for you to fall in, by the way. Uh, it goes into uh, Ned Ryerson, the irritating <laughs> leitmotif in the grand opera that is the Groundhog Day. He says, well, why does the life insurance salesman keep popping up? He says, I've got friends of mine. This is Ned talking. He says, I've got friends of mine who live and die by the actual actuary tables. And I say, well, it's all one great big crapshoot anywho. If you remember that, Ned Ryerson. So that's what he says on the first meeting in which Phil does not buy life insurance. So by the time of the last meeting, the one before Phil ends his own winter, he is taking he's taking out the largest life insurance policy available. And he says, and why shouldn't he? By the end of the movie, he is finally worth insuring. Right? He's got a life worth insuring. He's worked hard at becoming a valuable human being, and love is his re- eternal reward. And uh, Groundhog's uh, a movie that goes from asking, what if there is no tomorrow? Uh, there wasn't one today to tomorrow is today. It happened. Is That's uh, the lesson, uh, the powerful lesson at the heart of Groundhog Day. So great article. I thought that was fun. And, of course, it is the uh, 33rd day of the year, ladies and gentlemen, as I've said many times. You'll never forget that now. All right, let's do some... Uh, Headlines on precious metals. Maybe I'll pull up some. I'll do some links on antiwar.com. Uh, always important to check antiwar.com. All right. So some of the headlines on gold. And I, again, I apologize because gold is meant to be money. <laughs> I actually, I'm not really apologizing, but gold is money, right? Everything else is credit. So said the bankster JP Morgan. Um, but gold is also boring. Uh, silver's boring unless you're in the business, like unless you're doing what I do, it's, it's kind of captivating and, uh, it can be exciting. But as far as like an investor is concerned, it's kind of boring. You watch it moves a little bit, moves, you know, slowly goes up and down, up and down, depending, depending on what the market does. Let's look at the headline here on MSN. And again, not very exciting. But you, uh, you see gold climbs for a third straight session to highest finish in a week. Pull this up for you guys. Yeah. Gold futures uh, tallied a third straight gain on Wednesday as an unexpected monthly fall in U.S. private sector jobs, weakness in the dollar, and a further retreat into yields for government debt. It helped lift the precious metal to its highest settlement price in a week. Well, Another headline that was right below this one was the fact that a whale, I don't know what their definition of a whale is, uh, was buying up uh, massive amounts of gold, physical gold, uh, under 1800 And that, of course, there's a, when demand goes up, right, which is basic economics, then the price of gold goes up, except it kind of doesn't. And that's the, uh, the hidden things behind the headlines and something you ought to take notice of. Uh, you know, gold is kind of boring unless you're living in our world, right? Unless you understand what fiat currency is, and then it becomes a safe haven. It's a lifeboat. So is silver, but gold especially. Uh, gold has always been money, right? Gold is, and we what we have now is currency. 
you look at the amount of money that they're printing, but then you also look at what they don't say in the headlines. And this is something that you get from here, right? You get from the Art of Burn radio transmission. I'm telling you, private banks, governments, central banks have broken all the records of ordering physical gold. Now, they have these headlines like there's a, there's a whale. He's ordering more gold. Yeah, there's people are ordering. People are the smart money buys gold when it's down. If you notice, uh, if you're in my business, if you notice when Bitcoin goes up, all oh, the people start calling for Bitcoin. I have, I have the same thing with my Bitcoin ATMs. When Bitcoin's going up, people are buying Bitcoin. B- Bitcoin goes down, people aren't buying Bitcoin. Why is that? Why wouldn't you buy it when it's down? Why would you buy it when it's up? Right? Is this this is part of the uh, uh, reason that I think that you have a, a virus that's 99.98% survivable, but only 70% of people 700 days in? think that it's good to move on from it because uh, the crowd, the madness of crowds will always take you off a cliff like lemmings. That's the way it is. Crowds don't move history. Individuals do. Uh, People with courage, whether you're talking about geniuses or whether you're talking about philosophers, even warriors, you know, people like Alexander the Great, but philosophers do too. Ideas move the world, but not the, not the crowd. The crowd usually chooses wrong. Um, you, You see, People are going to start buying gold when it hits 2000 and 2200 and 2500 and $3,000 an ounce, which it will. And the reason I know this is because I know what inflation is. I know what the price of uh, everyday items are, and I know that gold's going down. I also know that it has record demand. So why do you think that is? Do you think that basic economics apply to something like gold? No, gold is the world's reserve money. It's not the world's reserve currency. It's the world's reserve money. It has been since the dawn of civilization, and it will be until the end of civilization. Nothing ever really will replace gold. And you guys know I'm a, a Bitcoin advocate, uh, but Bitcoin's meant to be, I think, more of a digitized money, uh, a way to, to send value, a way for peer-to-peer. It's a way that you can cross borders. I, I love Bitcoin. Not down on Bitcoin, but it's not going to replace gold. It's not the new gold. Gold is gold, right? So. There's a historical, I think, lull right now based on the fight that the dollar is having with gold. So this is uh, your cue to buy. Also, let's look at silver headlines. Now, I just want to pull up. This is when you I talk about boring. <laughs> so but there's a reason why I brought all this up. Let's look at silver headlines real quick. Silver markets continue to drift. And it's, they're drifting towards a majority or a major support. Okay. Well, thanks. Uh, major support for what? Uh, let's see. Then they, in a, a, yesterday, silver prices consolidated ahead of, ahead of critical employment report. See, there's no real news, right? You can, this is just duck, duck, go looking at silver news. Uh, silver is one of those other weird things that I keep telling you about. Like, why is it not moving? Uh, demand is up. Inflation is up. We know the value should be, I mean, silver should be, I, I think realistically hundred dollars an ounce. You know, uh, I think that's probably about a reasonable for a you take a next time you have one. I've got one right here. Next time you have one, take a, an ounce of silver, pure silver, put it in your hand, hold it up in your hand and tell me that doesn't feel like a hundred dollars. Take out a hundred dollar bill. See which one feels like it's real. You know, I don't know. To me, I've just been in this business too long <laughs> or not long enough, maybe. But I got this uh, as far as news is concerned about silver. I bought 336 rounds, one ounce rounds, Asahi rounds, 
and I'm willing to let those go. I'm going to quote you guys a price here in real time uh, before we end the show. I pulled up JM Bullion, and apparently JM Bullion's lowest round that I can see is $26.39. I will sell these Asahi rounds lower than JM Bullion. I'll be at $26 even. That's probably going to be with free shipping depending on how much you buy and where it goes, but I've got 336 uh, one-ounce Asahi rounds brand new straight from the trading floor. I can do for $26. That's one of the reasons you tune in here. If you need some silver rounds, uh, 26 bucks. that's cheaper than JM Bullion, cheaper than Atmex, cheaper than anywhere that I can see, uh, I'm able to do that today. Uh, you can reach me after the program. So make sure that you remember that if you're in the silver market. All right, so let's do prices real quick. Uh, Wisewolf.gold, by the way. You guys know that you can go to wisewolf.gold and get all of your prices in real time. You don't have to go to different places. If you want to check the price of Bitcoin, you go to wisewolf.gold. You want to check the price of gold and silver? Wisewolf.gold. Uh, let's go over gold real quick. It's it's up today, uh, $6.31 out of uh, after open. 1,807 Luciferian Bankster notes uh, per troy ounce. 1,807 Fiat Federal Reserve notes per troy ounce. Uh, silver, 2265 LBNs. <laughs> Luciferian Bankster notes. I got to get a shirt for that. Uh, $22.65 uh, per uh, one ounce of the white metal for silver. Uh, I think it's a great price today. For spot, is a good time that you can buy some silver from Wise Wolf, uh, gold and silver. Uh, Bitcoin, let's watch the ticker. It's going to come across the top of the screen here. Uh, looks like a lot of red in the crypto sector. Bitcoin, 37,514 Luciferian Bankster notes. 37,514. It's down today. It's probably a good time. I bought a little bit. I think I bought like a 700 in Bitcoin for somebody today. One of my one of my clients that I I buy a little bit for every now and again, just to hold. Uh, bought a little bit today. I mean, that's not a huge chunk, but I have faith that that's a good time to buy. Again, buy stuff when it's in the red, folks. Don't buy stuff. Don't buy stuff whenever in the madness of crowds. When you see that uh, trending up. All right. So a little bit of news here uh, before we go. Putin says the U.S. is trying to goad Russia into a war as Ukraine ready for talks. If you notice that Ukraine is ready for talks, right? They want, they want more jaw jaw and less war war as uh, Winston Churchill said. Uh, but the U S they're going to be looking for a way to change the narrative. Uh, there's a headline up on drudge is a climate lockdown next. This is what you guys need to, that's why it's an important. We're seeing the narrative collapse. So where does it go? That's the big question. That is the open question. Uh, the narrative's collapsing for COVID-1984, but what then? Right? Where do we go? And what will it mean? That's why I need to pay attention. And so I'll do my best to, to uh, bring you the news, the headlines, uh, precious metals. We'll go, through, we'll go through all of it. The markets, the monetary system also have announcements on when I'm going to do the show uh, on a daily basis again. It might be real sooner than later. Uh, I've got to meditate on it a little bit more. I got to think, and then I'll come up with a solution. I'll let you guys here on the channel uh, know. And I, I so, I so appreciate everyone who uh, who joined today in the chat. Probably on Friday, I might just open up the phone lines. Looks like we got another tip. I'll have to go back through. Uh, thank you, 
before I close out the show. I so appreciate that. It is, uh, it's very humbling. Uh, I see Riley lawn breaks in the chat. Uh, we had other, and Raybo's always, uh, keeping me honest. So I appreciate that. All right, folks, uh, back on Friday, uh, right here, same time, same channel on rockfin.com forward slash America unplugged, uh, podcast, anywhere podcasts are found Arterburn radio transmission. Wisewolf.gold is our sponsor. If you're looking for uh, storable food, which I am, if you're looking for water filtration, seeds, uh, all the great stuff to prepare for the great reset, then go to preparewithart.com. The good folks at My Patriot Supply put aside a uh, fantastic uh, landing page for us. And uh, if you go there and you buy your storable foods that are good for 25 years, then it does help the program. It uh, allows me to take the hour off during the day and uh, sit down and do a show. But I sure appreciate you guys. Okay, we'll be back Friday. All right. Take care of the place. I'm, we're fully insured, as <laughs> Billy would say, don't burn the place down. But we're fully insured. Don't worry about it. All right, folks, we'll see you then. End of transmission. Life is a continuous confrontation with forks in the road. One is good. One is bad. And you could always wander completely off the road altogether and become lost. Totally and completely lost. If you take the wrong fork at one of these junctions, there is always the opportunity at the next fork to get back on track. But it is a constant battle within ourselves. You see, I have studied this concept for many, many years, and I have to tell you that if there is a real devil, like Flip Wilson used to say, the devil made me do it, I'm not telling you that there's no such thing as Satan or Lucifer, I'm telling you this. If there really is a devil, that devil exists in the hearts and minds of men and nowhere else. Nowhere else. For if you take man out of the equation, evil ceases to exist. And there is left only the laws of the universe and the balance of nature. Put man in the equation and before long evil will rear its ugly head and present itself to the world. The evil is within man and that is why it was called the fall. The devil never made anyone do it. If you do it, you did it yourself because you fell into temptation. For until man once again confronts the real nature of his own condition and of the world around him and accepts full responsibility for his actions without blaming anyone else or any devil, until then, we will always be a puppet on the end of someone else's string. And ladies and gentlemen, when that someone pulls that string, we will dance.